I mean, this is really where the rubber hits the road. Like, where am I going to live? Who do I choose as a partner? Am I going mm. to this field or that field? Do I hire this person or that? This is where the application of these values kind of manifest on a, on a day-to-day basis. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Couple Things. With Sean and Andrew. A podcast all about couples. And the things they go through. I am nasally yet again. You look like you just walked in from the street. You got your purse, your drink, your... Just like I did. It's like you, <laughs> mom life. No, babe. but I mean that in the best way possible. Babe. Yeah, yeah. I will say <laughs> your compliments haven't been on point recently. No, I'm getting better. He actually I mean, told me the other day. He's like, "You look rough." Uh, and this is when I was taking care of our sick kids, and I was like, "Huh, huh." No, well, one of the things I was thinking about we could do on our tour as as part of the the whole experience is to do like a roast roast session You're with gonna each roast other. me? And then you would roast me back. Is that a bad idea, do you think? I feel like that could end badly. <laughs> okay, well, we'll maybe scratch that. Yeah, because one of us will say something that actually kind of like, oof, kind of hit somewhere. And, and you're then, like, yeah, you're not getting lucky tonight. Okay. Is that how it goes? Yeah. You've never pulled that card on me. So no. I love how you're just like pretending do that's you a thing. Like that I've never pulled that card on you. You're welcome, Andrew. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, let's talk like about today's episode. Let's, let's talk about today's episode because it is this is a very unique episode in the sense that um, we're talking about how to develop core values. Yes, this was a great episode. It's definitely different than one we've done before. He's a specialist within his field. We aren't going to be talking about like the romantic side of like relationships, and, like the dating, but it's a very important factor within your relationship to have core values as individuals yes and then how um to find core values as a couple so robert glazier yes so let me give you background on my relationship with robert glazier i met him about a year and a half ago uh through i guess a men's group for lack of a better term and was just really impressed with his approach to life he's an incredible speaker and uh his background as a business man is really impressive so he's built a 20 million dollar global business which was recognized as the best place to work by inc fortune forbes entrepreneur and the boston globe should we go work and glassdoor the best place to work. I don't know if, yeah. Should uh, we go work for him? He was also selected as the number two small business CEO in America by Glassdoor. So he's the founder and CEO of the company called Acceleration Partners, which is a marketing agency and recipient of a ton of awards, uh, a lot of them culture related. And so I wanted to, to get Robert on our show because you and I talk a lot about what does it look like to have goals? And we're going to do a whole episode on goal setting and how Sean and I go about that process. But a part that it's very nuanced, it can be ambiguous is what are your values? So like as an individual, when you're going through the dating process, people always say, Oh, you gotta, you you gotta work on yourself first. Like, what does that mean? You got to know about, uh, what you're striving and looking for in life. And, and a big part of that I feel like is having core values and going from dating to marriage to now having a family, um, I want to be super intentional personally about setting a good family culture and the culture comes from what values we have. So anyway, Robert has a course actually on how to develop core values and we can link that as well. But I wanted to have him come and talk about the importance of core values and his process in developing these values um, from a personal family and business standpoint. 
Um, so I'm excited. And to give you guys an example real quick, because before you jump into this, I want you to have a better understanding of like why we thought this was important. When you are dating or you're married or you're in the engagement phase, you're going to get in fights and you're going to get into moments in, in mm. life where you're like, oh, do I really click with this person? And you're probably going to start talking. And for example, Andrew will be like, well, why are you mad? Why are you upset? And a lot of times it's really hard to kind of nail down what the root issue is. Yeah. What did I violate? That, yeah. Because don't appreciate? is it really about him not doing the dishes? Is it really about him putting his clothes on the floor? And when you set your values and when you set your goals, which we'll talk about in a, another episode, it really kind of teaches your partner more and more about the foundational side of who you are as a person and how you tick. Yeah. And those, those massive rooted core values actually tell your partner so many things. Yeah. And if you can write those down and if you can do all these exercises that Robert's going to kind of teach you about in this episode, you can actually like, find a lot of benefit relationship and even in dating because you can go into a date and be like listen this is what i'm about yeah if you don't agree with them if at a foundational level you don't agree with my values then it's not going to work yeah and this is just important i think from a setting the culture and kind of forecasting what it is you want your dating relationship or family relationship to look like. And then also helps verbalize and give you vocabulary when you are experiencing an argument to be like, Hey, I didn't appreciate it when, um, you know, you were an hour late to our point, our, our appointment, because that violated one of my core values, which is uh, punctuality, whatever. Is it? That's just, uh, <laughs> do you want to learn that thing? <laughs> You're hilarious. Thank yeah. You. So we're excited to bring this episode to you. Robert truly is an expert. And our goal is to try to provide you with as much access to these experts as possible. If you want to find out more about Robert and his course and what he's up to, we'll link information down below. But without further ado, that was the longest intro we've ever done. It was. Let's go ahead and jump in this episode with Robert Glazer. All right, Robert Glazer, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on. We've known each other for maybe a year, give or take. And uh, this episode has been, I don't know, several months in the making. We first started talking about it before we had our child. But um, I wanted to bring you on because you are an expert when it comes to talking about core values. And honestly, I've never heard of anybody develop a system as you have for how to create these core values. And so I wanted to get your perspective and bring you on the show so that we could talk about what does it look like to develop core values for your personal life? And how does that affect when you start dating or get married or even create a family? Because family culture, I feel like is so often talked about, but the foundation of how you actually get there is often skipped. So thank you for coming on. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's one of my favorite topics. So I'm, I'm happy to spend some time chatting about it with you. Can we just talk from your perspective? What is the, the high level importance of having core values? Yeah. I, I mean, to me, your core values are like your personal operating uh, system. And the analogy I always use is that I think a lot of everyone has core values. Um, a lot of them are formulated very early by positive or negative childhood experiences, I think formative experiences, that's what makes something important. And I think that mm -hmm. most people have them, they just can't articulate them. They have a sense of when they're violated. And the analogy I use to describe it is like, I, I think something doesn't feel right. It feels difficult. It feels wrong. It, it, it's setting off radar. It's kind of like you're driving, if you're driving a brand new Porsche, let's call it, you know, down in a tunnel uh, and, and the lights were off, 
you're going to probably rub up against one wall. It's going to make a terrible noise. You're going to pull away. Uh, car is still going to go forward. Then you're going to hit the other wall. And this is a lot of how we go through life because that to me is like a core value is being, is being violated or you're running into the, the wall of a core value. If we turn on the lights and we painted the lines, you know, the car is going to get through the tunnel, but it's not going to be beat up on both sides. So I, I, I think ultimately too, core value is the ultimate decision-making algorithm for, for mm-hmm. most important decisions in life. So if, if, if it's a feel thing and you can't articulate, then you can't really apply it to help you make those decisions and choices. And I think that's where a lot of us get stuck uh, making you know decisions that are really not the right ones for us. Meaning you have this sense of like, oh my gosh, this person makes me feel bad or disrespected, but I can't, I can't communicate to you why or I can't communicate to someone else why and take that to apply moving forward. Yeah, we'll get into this down the line, the diagnostic. Yeah, okay. But one one of the things that I like came up with as part of figuring this out, and I can tell you the story of how I got to there, but the test of a core value is envisioning that you're talking to someone at a party that embodies the opposite. And it should literally feel like kryptonite. It should be like, I I, I, I got to get away from this person. I don't want to talk to them. Hence our joke before this started about if that person lives with you, then that's probably a problem, right? So uh, one of my core values is respectful authenticity. So if I'm sitting there talking to someone who's, you know, passive aggressive and disrespectful, like I am going to be like, like, they are going to be just triggering cortisol within me. In fact, I do this test a lot. When I think someone thinks they know what their core value is, I'll invent this avatar and I'll say like, Andrew, so how would it be if you were at a party or you met a person and they were like this, how would you feel? And they don't even need to answer me. If I just videotaped their body language and their face, they get Mm -hmm. like tense. Just they're like that. I don't like that person like that. They're, they're, you know, and again, some of these things are, are not, I think some of them are ostensibly good and bad, right? Like someone, you know, if generosity and someone who's just stingy, but some of them are not good or bad. It's more of like, you might have someone who's really independent and someone else who's really, you know, group and consensus building and otherwise, and, Mm. and, and and they're just different approaches, but they really, you know, those people rub each other the wrong way around that context. If they were talking about making a decision, one person is just inherently like you just, you trust yourself and you go at it. And the other is, no, you should fundamentally get everyone's input before you, they just see that issue in a totally different way. All right. As a kid, I used to love when my parents would sit down and play a game with us or do any activity. And right here in our hands, we have the KiwiCo box, which is the activity of all activities for young kids. The colorful chemistry set to be specific. So with Drew and Jet, and bear we try to have really intentional playtime, and that's hard because they're all different ages and kind of in different developmental kind of phases of life i love with kiwico that each month we get boxes specific to their ages and kind of like the activity development phase that they're in so each box this one's the colorful chemistry set um this has to do with science but especially with bear it can be really hard with a four-month-old to know like how to interact with him where he needs to be at four months old. And I love in these crates, they actually have cards that say, here are activities or things you can do specific to bear that will help him identify colors or whatever it is. I love KiwiCo. There's always something new for kids to discover, like learning about the science of ice cream, engineering robots, or doing science experiments, which our kids have loved recently. Sean is currently holding, as she said, the colorful chemistry kit, which has provided hours of entertainment for our kids. They look forward to their new crate every month, and this one kept them really engaged. 
we got to experiment with mixing oil and water, mixing different colors, and watching how different things react. It was so fun. We basically created our own little chemistry lab with the kids, and we could feel their excitement when they got to play around and mix things together. Plus, it barely made a mess, so it was really quick to clean up and to use again another day. It can be hard to find creative ways to keep your children engaged, challenged, and off their screens, but KiwiCo does the work for you, so you can spend quality time tackling projects together. Redefine learning with play. Explore projects that build confidence and problem-solving skills with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month of any crate at KiwiCo.com when you use code COUPLE. That's 50% off your first month at KiwiCo.com. Promo code COUPLE. Today's episode is brought to you by the one, the only, yes, Athletic Greens. Yes, which I need to be pounding right now because... Man, it is a rough time of the year for sickness. There's a lot of illness in our household. Yes. Athletic Greens, we guys, we guys, Athletic Greens, we have told you about so many times. Yeah. We are obsessed with it. It is the best greens powder out there known to mankind. I took greens powder my entire career. Yeah. I've tried them all, and this is the best. Andrew, tell them what it is. This, I think they've been through dozens of iterations yeah. to get the product to where it is now. But uh, I love the taste of it. Yes. It's become a daily habit for yes. me and it's good for me. It has because 75 it has 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics and adaptogens to help me start my day right. I'm not going to lie. My mom came to me a few weeks ago and she was like, "Honey, I want to like up my health game. If I were to take one thing." One thing. What would it be? And I was like, athletic greens bada bing dial it it in like it fills in all of your nutritional gaps within your diet and it's the perfect addition every day to kind of boost your immunity and your health and kind of fill those gaps the ingredients support gut health Mm -hmm. nervous system Mm -hmm. immune system Mm -hmm. energy recovery focus and aging that's all the things right there yes so you can mix it with water I actually mix it with water and add lemon, and it's like a green lemonade. Mm. It really works. Or you can throw it into a smoothie, however you want to take it. Sometimes I just think about drinking the powder by itself, but I don't know if that's recommended. I don't think it's recommended. Anyway, Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews and is trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. And ourselves. Excuse me. Right now, it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. I beat you to it. (laughs) It's just one scoop and a cup of water every single day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash eastfam. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash eastfam to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We'll also link it down below. What would you say is like the basic definition of a core value and the benefits of truly understanding what your core values are versus other people? Yeah, I think your core values are your the things that are just fundamentally most important to you in life. Um, and, and again, in that way, it's almost that instruction. The, the things that like are, they're true for you. They're unbreakable. They're the things that are most important to you, kind of your closest held beliefs and values in your in your life. And, and so again, it most people I think can get in the ballpark of what those sort of are, but, but they haven't gone through the process to be specific enough to then apply that to choices. I mean, this is really where the rubber hits the road. Like, where am I going to live? 
who do I choose as a partner? Am I going mm. to this field or that field? Do I hire this person or that? This is where the application of these values kind of manifest on a, on a day-to-day basis. So this is actually something we talk about a lot with other couples and like a trend we've seen, which is when people are talking about dating or marriage or a relationship or family, everybody has these preferences. They say, oh, I want a guy who's taller than me or we just didn't like the same music. How do you differentiate what's important when it comes to just opinions and what's important when it comes to a value? That's a really good question. And I, and I, I can answer that and sort of, um, I think like, if I look, think about my wife, like we have a lot of different interests like that are not, not the same things that we you know care about personally. But whenever it comes to the big things, um, we are always in alignment around those things. And so I think, you know, does someone like the same music? Do they have the same clothes? Like that's not, that's not a value, you know, how, how you treat people, whether you are fundamentally someone who is dependent or interdependent, the, the, those are, those are much more of like, you know, kind of values. And so I think, I actually think it can be, I, I think it's a lull sometime to get brought into comment. Oh, we both like Pearl Jam. Right. But we fundamentally <laughs> yeah. see the world a different way. I mean, some of what's happened in the last year with COVID and all the political climate, I think people and friends on Facebook and they're looking and they're like, wow, like I, we just don't see the world the same way. Right. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I think it's really I, I think it's been a, a an actual values line for people being like, look, I, you know, I, I you know, this person told me they believed in X, Y and Z, but I'm looking at what they're posting and saying, and it, it doesn't align with that um, for me. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of confusion in that I think it's easiest, easier to gra- gravitate towards that surface stuff. Um, you would need a mm-hmm. lot of deeper discussions to understand kind of at the core, you know, it, again, is it someone there, there, I think a core issue is, is, is dependency or interdependency, right? Do yeah. we, there, there's some families like if one believed in entitlement and in, you know, taking handouts from other family members and one believed in you go at it alone and we need to make our own way in the world, right? That's a much more f- fundamental difference than um, we, we, you know, one likes country and the other likes, <laughs> likes rock. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I, uh, you just made me think of a experience I had, Jesus, probably six years ago in New York and I've never forgot it, but I was in a cab talking to this guy who had just recently gotten engaged. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is before Sean and I were married. I said, how do you know she was the one? And <laughs> he said, oh, well, we have the same um, zodiac. zodiac sign. And it's interesting because to a certain level, like people kind of always choose partners, obviously for kind of uh, discrete reasons, I think. But a lot of people maybe miss the mark on, you know what, the zodiac, he's saying the zodiac sign is a good choice because he thinks it represents maybe a whole set of core values, but it may or may not, right? It, it, it could be, or it could be just a superstitious, or it could be just like a cognitive dissonance mm-hmm. of making him feel better about the the choice. That <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But nevertheless, if he was able to actually, you know, whatever your thoughts are on zodiac signs, if he was able to actually say X, Y, Z are my core values, as opposed to kind of making the the jump from. If she's this zodiac sign, that means she's like X, Y, Z. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, and, br- and break those down. Again, as I think sure. about it, look, I, I look, cards on the table. My wife and I argue a lot. We fight a lot. We disagree <laughs> on stuff. But when it comes down to a family thing, a core financial thing, like I just, 
I really can't remember being on different pages about that stuff. Like yeah. that's that that's the stuff where I really think we we you know we we have the same uh, similar view of the world or just have the same core beliefs about what what is right and what is wrong in those situations. Okay. So I'm going to tease the fact that we will be talking about how to develop these core mm -hmm. values later on. Mm -hmm. But first, I want to kind of set the scene for how you're an expert in this area. And I'll give some high level. So Bob, Robert, what do you prefer to be called here, by the uh, way? Anything but Rob, I always say. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, Robert has built this massive business in Acceleration Partners. It's been uh, voted as the best place to work by multiple sources. He was selected as a number two small business CEO. Um, he has this fantastic background in building company cultures and on top of that has developed this course. So that being kind of the, the high level stuff, you know, you've talked about your passion for core values, but I'm wondering if there's anything you would add to well, that. Me, I'll tell you, let me tell you the story. So um, I think it's probably, you say five years for a while. So it's probably not seven years, you know, COVID has been a big blackout <laughs> period. Yeah. I, I, I went to this, everything that anyone usually reads on my bio, I will tell you as an achievement in my life was achieved after I had clarity on my core values mm. and just set the stage. So my core values are health and vitality, find a better way and share it, which is a very dominant one. And why I am on this podcast and why I did this exercise with you, self, self-reliance, um, uh, respectful authenticity, which is a very kind of unique definition to me and, and, and long-term orientation. Um, in fact, all of those are probably tied in some way to something that we are going to be talking about today. But I, I went to a very intensive leadership program that I thought was going to be like, how do you become a good leader? What are the external things you do? And, and the first couple of days just broke people down similar to probably like a landmark type content of, of, you know, who are you and what do you stand for? And what I came to realize was I had a feeling like I was someone who's very values driven. I felt really strongly about certain stuff and I, and, and how important that was, but I could not clearly articulate my core values. I had some stance of them and, and came out of this saying, say, understanding and this thing that, that I really need to understand my core values. And so I went Googling and looking and you find some of these word lists, as you said, and some other stuff. And I just couldn't, it was kind of like Simon Sinek did with everyone. Like, you know, you got to know your why, but then there really wasn't a way to do that easily. <laughs> like easier said, then it kind of left everyone hanging, you know, yeah. and, 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 and there are actually other people who developed archetypes and systems and stuff that actually really work, but it, it, you know, it's just not as easy as everyone says. And, and so I took me like six to 12 months finding a bunch of different stuff, trying to read stuff. And I felt like I got these really good core values. And then as our company started scaling, we started creating this leadership program for our emerging leaders. And I determined, well, you know, this was so impactful for me that I, I think the number one thing we could do is help people develop their core values. So I started to take the process that I went through. And after two, three or four classes of tinkering, like I, I had it a really good, like we were having some incredible breakthroughs, like people are really understanding how it affected their leadership, you know, communicating to their own teams, here are my core values and what's important to me. You know, an example is that anyone as a leader who has some sort of trust as a core value aspect of trust, almost always interestingly had a violation of trust in their childhood as the reason for that. And they had to articulate that to their team that, hey, if you come five minutes late or you miss a deadline or whatever, like you might get permanently put in a penalty box in my world because those are actually all signs of like that I can't trust you. And that actually triggers something pretty, pretty deep for me because of someone in my life 
abandoned me when, and they might not have to go into all the why I just, it's, it, you know, it's very interesting how this stuff to me is, is if you're going to show up as a leader in the world, like you can, a, a true authentic leader, you, you have to do it within your own value set. You can't try to emulate what Andrew's doing or what anyone else is doing. Um, and, and so, you know, we had done this uh, across like four different classes. I feel like we had gotten a really good process. In the midst of this, I came out with my book, Elevate. I talked about the power of core values. I gave people some of these resources, but people were like, look, I, I, I'm, I'm in on this. I believe this core value thing. I don't know, man, like, how do I do it? And I was like, well, I, I, it's not an easy answer. I can point you to some of these resources, but I've been doing this thing with my team. And so eventually I decided to take the the, you know, the content that we developed the team and open it up to everyone um, because it's not, it isn't something you can just do as part of a, a five minute discussion. So that was the genesis, doing it for myself, seeing the transformation, trying to create a scalable process for our leaders, seeing how important it was in organizations, and then saying, I feel like this now works to open up to anyone who, who wants to do this. Andrew put me through your course. And I remember sitting down thinking it was going to be like any other, um, I don't know what you, you would call them, but like the test out there where it's like, choose A, B, and C, and I'll put you in the pocket of your, like a group, your, your group B, like basically. Like personality test. Like kinda? it's a personality test. Where there are or, archetypes. Yeah. Define absolutely. Archetypes. Like yeah. the Enneagram, the love language, the, like all these different things. And again, a trend within couples is all of these couples have taken so many tests trying to figure out how they can match themselves with a person based off their love language or their preferences or their Enneagrams or Zodiacs, but it never goes into why. And you never have to really think about why. And you never have to think about how did I get here? or Why is my value like this? And what I loved with your and course was critical. Like I, yeah. I, you could, you can take almost everyone and you can go to formative childhood. I always say to people like <laughs> yeah. around a certain value when it's super strong, I'm like, look, I want to be clear. And in a company context, you don't have to tell me the answer or, yeah. you know, I don't want to know like deep, but, but is there something related to this from your childhood? And they will usually well up or, or something and say, yes. And I, again, I'm not asking for the, for the details, but if I say to mm -hmm. someone who shows this trust as a core value and, and, you know, they, I say, did you have a violation of trust in your childhood? I, I they're usually well up and look, imagine that in a marriage. So imagine mm -hmm. that, you know, someone's in a marriage and they had a core value of, of, of trust and reliability and they can't find their partner on a Friday night. And they're answering, you know, sketchy answers as to where they were. Like, that's going to st really strike at something deep. I think the really, the huge benefit of that is, Andrew and I talk about premarital counseling a lot. And he didn't, our premarital counselor didn't necessarily have tests that we took, but he he dug into, well, why does that bother you? Why are you like this? Why do you prefer this? And I feel like, and going through your course and actually finding what our values were, it opened up so many conversations, like you said, of, well, why, why does that trigger you so much? And why is that such a specific value that is so important? And we had never really talked about that kind of stuff before, which is important. It goes deeper than I just like affection or I just like to give gifts or whatever. Yeah. There was a great story recently. Uh, I think it was on Adam Grant podcast around um i think tara pino and her her spouse and they were talking about uh one of the core fights of their marriage and one grew up in a household and it was about waste 
uh, and food. And there was always this fight around too much food at the table. Have you, did you hear this? And, and no, no, but this, but this is, is this something is that applies. happens. <laughs> <laughs> when, when, when Adam went into it with them, you know, one grew up in, in a household where uh, if you didn't eat quickly, there wasn't enough on the table. Right. And, 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 you know, the other, you know, the other grew up in a household that was the total that, you know, didn't have enough resources and was always spending them sort of in the wrong way. And so when they actually looked at it, it was one was like, look, I'm never going to have my kids not have enough food on the table. And the other was about being responsible, you know, and, and, and spending. And so it was just this, it was a surface thing of a deep value, mm. you know, mm -hmm. issue. And, and when they realized it, they figured out, look, you can order enough food so that, um, you know, you know, there's plenty of food, but we will eat it the next day as leftovers, right? That, that is how they figured out like that the, 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 the having enough versus waste values that they had and, and we're going to do it. Look, my wife and I have a, have a real conflict around our whys, which are one of our values. Like I like to figure out a better way and she likes to figure out the right way. Now, when the right way is the better way and we're clear, like it's, it's, it's harmonious. But we use this language. She will say to me, please stop trying to make it better. Or I, I need you not to, we're going to do X today and I need you to not make it better. Um, because, you know, and I will say like, and, and she and my son actually both share the same thing. It's funny, like right way people are really great with it on like big decisions, but they can't turn it off for like pizza versus Chinese food. And when the two of them start with me on Friday night, what are we going to have for takeout? I'm like, I'm not getting into this. Like, this is like, it's going to be an hour. Like you guys figure out whether we're having pizza or Chinese food and let me know because I just don't care, uh, you know, either way. The two of them go shopping and they come back with either 10 things because they couldn't decide. So they're actually, they're very indecisive about small things, 10 things they couldn't decide or, or nothing because they couldn't decide and I'll be like just make a choice like and, and and so that's a point where you know awareness you know really helps but to your point again these aren't set archetypes these are this is I think I figured out a way to help people put actionable verbiage around deep you know feelings for them how you word it is important to make it useful this concept of testing it against the sort of you know the anti-value because that that's the definition of a core value being violated should feel terrible, right? So when you simulate yeah. that, you get the reaction. That's how you get a sense that you're on the right path with that. Today's episode is brought to you by Baiju. Baby, can you believe Drew is in school? It makes me really sentimental, but we've been taking a picture a day of her at school and I'm excited to see what that looks like in like five, 10 years. I remember when we were talking about this, it was so important that she be part of a school that would help her to grow both academically and personally. We also realized that even in the best schools, Drew probably isn't getting the one-on-one -on -one time, especially because there are so many kids in the classroom and so few teachers dedicated to that time. That is why Baiju's future school is the leading online platform that revolutionizes education for millions, millions. of students. Each student receives personalized attention with live access to a teacher who can give them the one-on-one -on -one attention that they need. They offer so many different courses, including math and music, that help build a foundational knowledge and self-confidence, which is something that we strive to do for our kids. For example, with Baiju's coding course, students can explore the fundamentals of coding through their favorite games like Roblox and Minecraft. You'll have tons of fun while learning. <laughs> I'm not sure if Drew is ready for that one. I'd give it like a couple more months. You're not too big into the gaming uh, No, world. but we were just talking about this. I want to learn how to code. Yeah. Well, for, here you Drew's go. Drew's going to learn how to code here by the time go. she's three. Join the course I'm taking <laughs> yes, right now. Yes, join the millions of parents who want a better learning experience for their children. Visit byjews.com forward slash us to get your first class for free. 
plus a $25 gift card for Roblox, one of the hottest online gaming platforms in the world. That's byjuice.com slash US. That's B-Y-J-U-S dot com slash US. We'll also link it down below. I'm curious. Um, so you you mentioned wrong way or wrong might be harsh, but my old way of trying to answer the question of, Hey, what are your core values? Cause every business mentor I talk mm-hmm. to or counselors, whether it's for personal or like marriage counselors or, and you mentioned Simon Sinek who wrote the book start with why, which is fantastic, but you're right. It's always like, what are your core values? And then they actually hey, don't why is not there. an easy, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So every time I, I must've done this 15 times in my life where it's like, you're, I got to find my core values. Cause everyone says it's important. So I go to Google and say core values yeah. and then literally find this list. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so I'm like, yep, that one fits right. That one fits right. And I pick like 20 and then I'm like, great. I got that done. So it's great. Right. They're not distinct. They're not, they're not, they're not you. And, and, and we talked about this. I really don't believe in one word values. Like yeah. I, I, I think there's a litmus test of things that I talk about on sort of how do you know it's a core value and and you're trying to almost rate yourself on it think like a performance review last month and and when you have one word it's unclear what it means um, like a lot of people want to use integrity I've mm. in, in doing this exercise with people you know I, I have heard five different definitions of integrity you know there's there's telling the truth there's doing what you say you're going to do there's mm. living in harmony with the universe right people mean so when you start saying like what do, what does integrity look like and feel like yeah. for you you start understanding to them and and look they should be like it's the type of thing kind of like a company the same sort of standard where each one should be really clear what it means to the point where you could almost do a performance evaluation on it and and all of them should not be something while some people could say some of them, you shouldn't find another person you, that has the identical ones, right? They should be unique enough. Like my respectful authenticity. Like I really dug into that. That was just a unique thing for me around. It actually impacts all kinds of policies we have at our company around, um, I, 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 you know, the need to be truthful with people. It's similar to Kim Scott's sort of radical candor, like mm-hmm. being truthful with people, but never being disrespectful of that. Like, I think, I think the authenticity of letting them know, like telling them the truth. There's a lot of people who just don't tell people the truth, you know, or they find a way to do that in a way that makes the people feel terrible about themselves. Like that's always been a core thing. I I just don't react well to people who are disrespectful or inauthentic, (laughs) you know, either sort of either side of that, uh, of that spectrum. So again, these are, these are there. The key is how to put labels on them, how to make them actionable, how to make them useful and how to really make them something where you could say like, I shouldn't do this, uh, or I, you know, move away from this person. I, I, I've had a couple of stories. I've shared one before, like, I don't have a lot of regrets in life, but like people, you know, are very, like I, there was a, there was a, 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 a family, from whom my son was spending time with their kids. And, and I just, uh, I just didn't have a good feeling about, about their judgment and some of the things that I had seen at, at a high level. And, you know, one, one night, uh, you know, they, they, we couldn't find them. They'd taken them somewhere, taken them from another place to another. Like I, I was unclear whether they were drinking while they were driving in that. And I just, I was so mad at myself because I had that radar go off like mm. months earlier. And I, I, I just, it, I just knew that this was not, you know, someone, but my son was, my child was friends with their kid and it was, it was complicated, but I, 
I actually find like when you, when you ignore those small signals on core values, they, they really come back in a much bigger issue. My, the question I was going to ask, which is interesting, um, is after implementing your core value kind of system within your business and then within your family and your personal life, do you, do you frequently see that polar opposite core values can't coexist very well or not even coexist, but like work together? Well, it's a great question. So it's kind of like, okay, so if there's awareness, you can work around and manage them. Right. But imagine if, and, and so let's say I have five and my wife has five and one of those is really kind of budding. Well, we're going to know that that's the point where we do that. And we're going to have to use extra energy to manage around that. If you're working with that person or for that person or married to that person or partner or otherwise, and it's all five, like that's going to be freaking exhausting. (laughs) (laughs) If you have the natural and opposite reaction and have to manage around all of those, like I just feel that that has a very low, not that you have to have identical core values, but you have to Mm -hmm. not have opposite or incompatible (laughs) values because look to that example that I gave earlier, let's imagine, you know, that, that. Um, you know, Andrew is heavy on self-reliance and you are heavy on dependence. And there's a, someone in your family is about to live a big windfall, right? Mm -hmm. There's going to be a big, this is not going to be a like Pearl Jam versus, you know, Garth Brooks discussion. Like this is going to be, we don't live our lives like that, or we should live our, like, you're going to be very, that's going to be a really difficult conversation. if, If you have, if you both have the viewpoint that, no, you know what, like we earn what we earn and we don't like entitlement, or you both have the concept of we love entitlement and the less work we have to do, the better, <laughs> but, but, but you can see like, that's a, that's going to be one of those, you know, someone's sleeping on the couch or somewhere else. Like that's not an easy one to get around because you're talking about fundamentally how, how, how that impacts your family, how you want to live the lessons you want to pass on to your kids, right? That that's a real corner. It's going to be a real cornerstone issue. Mm. So you made me think what, what you said about it needing to be a multi word phrase, I think is so true. I just finished reading a book called the uh, business secrets from the Bible by a rabbi actually. And he talks about how, if you write down so many milk, interesting things about that, about that statement, but I'll, I'll, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, many. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say, interesting. <laughs> yes. We're actually, yeah, we're, we're having it on the show. So I'm, I'm uh, <laughs> okay. excited about that too. But he says, if you write down milk on a to-do list, there's a million things that that could mean. Like, is it put milk in your cereal instead of water? Is it give my child milk or is it go pick up milk from the grocery? It's like, if you need to write down the whole thing for it to be truly effective, which your uh, you know evaluation also points to. So now I wanna move into your process for creating core values and what we just spoke about, which is a core validator, as you call them, uh, is kind of the first step from my understanding, but walk us through the high level and then we can kind of get nitty gritty. Yeah. So, so, you know, the way I went about this is not dissimilar to some of the other, you know, tests out there that ask you the same thing in a different way to try to get a consistent response. And what I realized mm-hmm. was it was these very high and low moments in your personal and professional life that ultimately determined a lot of the, the core values. Right. So, um, what, what, it, what, what it does is I start by asking like six questions personally and professionally around things that have, you know, gone well, gone poorly, highs, lows. And I have people 
um, you really write, write those out on, onto six different um, lists. And then what they do when that's done is they sort of start to kill and combine them and look for, mm -hmm. for themes. And one of those questions is a sort of an anti-question. Again, if you did, if you were frustrated at that time, then you're kind of looking at if the, that, that's sort of the negative, then what's the, what's the inverse of that? So, so you're basically looking at, um, you're looking at all of these, uh, um, things you're 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 sort of putting them together uh on, on lists and then you're forming the themes or concepts you're and then you're pressure testing the 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 concepts so you know that that that's the first order of magnitude is like is make sure you have the right thing and that's what one of the validator is and when you when you then you start seeing a lot of the same things say a different way and this is where people tend to jump you know right to the words and you know that is um that's, uh, you know, I think where they get a little tripped up because I first want to make sure that you have the, the right concept. And so the, 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 the way to do that a little bit is that's where the anti thing comes into play. So if you think you have a concept and you say, look, this, all of these were about when I got to work on my own, when I got to do this, when I went on a trip and my parents let me go wherever. And it just, it feels like but let's go back to self-reliance because I know that one well. It feels like self-reliance. And you'd say, well, look, what does it look like when I have to rely on someone else or I have to be dependent? You're like really uncomfortable, like don't like it. If you said, look, if I gave you a million dollar inheritance tomorrow, you never to work, you'd be like, oh, that's cheating, right? I mean, that you'd say, look, that that's so, this feels right. So then then it's like, okay, we have the theme, but then how do we get to the the, the wording? So I think a couple of the things I look at there is like, you know, it's got to be more than one word. So it's got to be a phrase. Um, I found that um, what, what seems to work best is an adjective plus a noun or an adverb plus a verb uh, and, and like a two to five word phrase that that it has a distinct definition and, and point of view. Um, so you ask yourself, does the inverse cause discomfort? Okay, so yes, we might be down the right path. Can I use it to make a decision? Um, can I use it to objectively rate yourself on it? Like, is it, so that's was the last month. So for me, you know, w w was I being self-reliant last month or was I, was I focused on health and vitality last month? I could say, oh, I was, or I wasn't, or someone says, Hey, do you want to come, uh, on this awesome, you know, I, I got asked to bike 180 miles from London to Paris, you know, two years ago. Well, that's a self-reliant health and vitality thing. It's a goal like it's so many things and i was like is that, is that a true story yeah so how do you go from london to paris on bike uh you bike down from london down in the coast like in the middle of the night and then you sleep on a barge for like three hours and then you land wow. in Normandy, and then you finish biking to that's sick so it was like 180 miles but i was like <laughs> yeah that sounds good i'll do that that's it meets a wow. lot of checkbox so it's this phrasing that that's really clear and, and so when i hear people say certain ones i'm like can you rate yourself on that? Could you say, I think about it. I, I did a good job. I did, I, I did this well, not well, a little bit, a lot of it last month. And can I use it to make a decision? Right. I, I think I have, I have a core value of long-term orientation, really easy for me to look back on last month and saying, you know, I, I really got way too focused in the short-term stuff. I lost sight of the long mm -hmm. thing term thing, or someone says to me, Hey, you want to do this investment? I say, well, well it's a, 30 day loan and it's 17% interest rate and that the window is going to close. I'm like, that ah, doesn't sound like long-term, you know, focus for me. Like that's not where I should be uh, putting my money. And I've learned that, you know, I'm much happier when I stay uh, in those zones. And, you know, the question that was asked before, I think that was really interesting around um, family 
was I obviously allied a lot of my core values to my family. But I, I actually, when I figured these things out, for me, I realized I am the best in the service of my family when I'm doing things aligned to my core values, which I had to give myself permission to stop doing other stuff. Like one of the things like, I was a kid with ADD. I can't sit through class. Like if I'm not engaged, I not, I'm not even in the room, right? Back to school nights. Like I, I, I'm not, I'm not, like I can't sit and listen to the teacher talk about what they're going to teach for 30 minutes. I'm not even in the room. And I had a lot of guilt around it. And I just decided, you know what? I, I, I'm going to give up the guilt on that. Like the stuff that I do with my kids that is around health and vitality that is around. I love going on the ropes course mm. with them, the self-reliance about helping them plan their goals. I'm actually the best dad when I get to work on those things and do those things. And there's other things that my wife is so much better on. that's more aligned to sort of her strengths and her values. And I, and I had to sort of be like, I'd rather do a few of these things really well than try to do all this stuff. For my kids that I'm not even, I, I can't, I can't pretend to really enjoy because I don't, I don't look, there's some things you have to do as parenting, like I, I mean, <laughs> changing a diaper otherwise, but I'm talking about as they get older and we choose how to really invest and spend our time with them. That's so good. So to drill down, maybe we could walk through an example from Sean and I creating values. We took a half day and as, as valuable as this conversation is and as valuable as it is to put thought behind what your core values is, I would highly recommend listeners actually doing this exercise and blocking out time in your calendar. I don't know. How much time do you recommend people take? Yeah. I mean, the first, an hour, they could do the, you know, an hour in the first thing and, and, and doing mm -hmm. it with other people is helpful. And again, I, I can tell you everything, but it really does having this all together. Like there's no, yeah. I'm not hiding anything. There's no secret to really do it and give you the tests and the checks yeah. and the lists and to do it. It, the, the first process, you know, I mean, you'd have to watch the walkthrough for 45 minutes. So I, 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 the content's about an hour and then I'd set aside an hour to start this process. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's great to do it with other people. And I don't know if you guys did this, but you can be like, look, here's my list. Here's this pile. Does this sound like me? Like, does this, mm -hmm. does this sound right? And, and, and look, who knows you better than your partner to, yeah. to answer those questions. Yeah. So again, we'll link the course for, uh, discovering and developing core values down below. But well, I'd love to hear more about your, like how it <laughs> went down and what your experience was. So I hope you forgive us, but instead of taking tangible sheets as you recommended and answering each of the six questions on one separate sheet. So you have six different pieces of paper. We actually did it on a Google doc. I mean, I technically did it on six different pieces of paper <laughs> on a Google doc. Yeah. Okay. That's different fair. sections. Right. It, it, yeah. So there's a question. Um, and then what we did was we answered the inverse. So like, what, what do you mind if I ask a question? Oh, no, run, go for it. Okay. Run through like, yeah, one. Okay. So a couple of them, like I said, I, yeah. One of the questions is in what professional roles do you do your best work? And so w the way I went about it was I answered, cause there was a couple things that came up to mind where I definitely knew for sure I did not do my best work. And so I wrote an inverse list of this is where I did not do my best work. And then I wrote the actual answer. So this is where I felt I did my best work. And it and is best as you said, just not to overthink it and free form. Like one, yeah. like your answers can be as many as you want. There's no limit and it can be a word or a sentence, but you're just trying mm -hmm. to get them out because then you really start to, the patterns start to like really illuminate themselves. And I was so skeptical about the patterns revealing themselves, but you were so right. Be to the answer. I mean, I will talk about this. I, you call me and you're like, 
So I don't know how it works. I'm like, did you actually go through it? And you're like, no. And I walked you through. I'm like, you actually have to try. I know. I know. <laughs> you tried to cheat it. it afterwards. Yeah. This literally, to my point about actually doing the exercise, I was like, dude, I love your course. I love you having the, uh, you on the show. And you were like, all right, so what are yours? And I like gave out these. I didn't do it the None first time. None of them time, met the validator test. Was, yeah. Yes. And then he was obviously like, you didn't do it. So then we did it though. And I'm freaking glad we did. So after you answer the question with all these situations or words what we did then was we came up with um the themes is that right is that the next yeah, step yeah and then like from the piles, the like yeah you yeah. start saying you then pull from each list um because remember each of those lists are trying to get to the same thing in a different way and you start grouping the answers from those lists into the theme yeah. so you start pulling the ones that all sound alike into new piles basically yes i was i was really shocked on mine i almost felt like every I felt like the entire thing was a theme. I was like, I'm really, I have really strong opinions about one thing. Yeah, yeah, you do. So in the, in the question of, in what jobs did I do my best work? I wrote, um, in, in high school classrooms and the football weight room under a certain coach, coach Franklin, who's not Penn right. State. This is interesting. These are all very different types of answers, right? This, this is important, right? They're, 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 those are not a consistent, you don't have to mm -hmm. answer in a consistent way. Right. And I'm just, I was just free flowing. Um, I wrote in our men's group, um, and video editing. So then per your instructions, what the next step was, was again, finding the themes. And so I wrote down my, I asked the question, why is this where I found the best, mm -hmm. uh, work was being done. So I said, there was always constant growth. I, you know, you take five minutes to evaluate what the again, pattern is with all those. And I said, it's always in areas of constant growth where I'm connecting with people more deeply. Um, I'm experimenting with strategy. Uh, I'm being efficient with time and like feel like I'm maximizing that. And so from that list, then we came up with keywords, which were improvement, growth, variety, engagement, focus, and honesty. So from that... <laughs> We then grouped. Right. The keywords, the keywords help you to summarize what the concept is, right? The keyword is not the core value itself. Yes. It's just what, what am I talking about? Yeah. Dude, this is, this is such a good freaking course and it's going to sound convoluted to listeners, but it is. then you find groups from the keywords and then from the groups, you're able to identify maybe what your core value would be. So for you, it'd be like self-reliance or for me, it was. Uh, yeah. And one thing I want to highlight, cause people make this mistake. The order is really important. Make sure the theme is right before you start polishing the, 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 the name yeah. or the title, right? A lot mm -hmm. of people are working on the title and it's not the right ones. So you want to make sure like the theme on that is, that is a core value. That's where you do the anti-test. And then you start saying, all right, how do I word this in a way that like, I will never forget it and that it works for me. Gosh. Something that don't take offense to this, that you're not doing super well is what Robert has mastered, <laughs> which is within the course, you've explained it in a way. It's a process that you can be skeptical of at first because it, it, it makes perfect sense, but you're asking all these questions and you're writing out and you're thinking why. And by the time you get through it, it's like, wow, there's actually a theme to my life and a theme to like why I think the way I do. And it's, you've done an incredible job at it. And it's a really... Thank you. And a key point, what you're saying, it's all within you. It's all there. It's just designed to bring it out in a way that's organized and clear for you because you now, when you look at it, right, you probably felt like this pattern, like dropped down on everything you've done. Some of the decisions you probably made them correctly without knowing you made them or other ones you struggled with, but you're like, Oh, 
I get it. It, it, it. That is the feeling a lot of people say. It makes sense. I, I can see clearly, I can now lay this map and I can see where I struggled. I can see why this worked and why this didn't work. But that all comes from within you. It's not, it's not from elsewhere. It's just getting you to organize the data out of your head, right? Because you yeah. know intuitively, Andrew, to your point, you know every situation. You remember deeply those things where you felt amazing or struggled or otherwise. You just hadn't done the work to put them all together to figure out what the commonalities were. Yeah. Or been asked the right questions and then, you know, been in a situation where I was able to, to sit back and think about it. So thank you for providing the opportunity. And, and one thing I do want to hit on uh, that I, I think you mentioned in your course that I feel so strongly about this in regards to setting your core values and also with something like your goals, where the first time we, we went through this, it felt super clumsy and awkward and I did it wrong, but I feel like there's so much value in going through it that first time. So then the next time you revisit it, you're able to kind of just, you have a better understanding and you have a foundation to work off of. So like when Sean and I do our goal setting, no longer is it this unorganized kind of scramble of just picking and choosing things we want to happen. It's like, no, we have our category set just like this. We have our keyword set. We have already some things to work off of. And then, you know, doing it the next time just hones in that process and kind of sharpens it. So I think it's, you know, I'll just point this out, but the connections, to goals is probably the most powerful, which is if you can set your long-term goals in alignment with your values, you will ensure that your goals make you fundamentally happy. I think a lot of us have goals that are arbitrary or aren't aligned to our values or they like, so for example, let's use me. I'll go back to that. Someone with a self-reliance thing. So if I have a financial goal and let's just say I pick something like I want 20 million. If I get to 20 million, I'm likely to just move the goalpost or it's probably not going to make me happy. But if it's like, look, my goal is to reach a financial level of success where I am don't need to be reliant on anyone else, right? That that actually becomes, and then I realize, you know what? That's at 10 million. Uh, and I'm just using big numbers. That's at 10 million. And actually at 10 million, I have no reliance on an employer or this or that, or I am like free. Like, well, then that, like, it might mean that 10 to 20 won't, do anything more for me, right? Mm-hmm. Like it won't, it won't, because I, I will have, what I actually wanted was not a lot of money, but, but I wanted financial freedom as someone who values, you know, self-reliance and, and beyond that, it, it, it might not do anything. So I, that was one of the biggest things too. When you clear on your values, you can set these long-term goals that you're insured will, will are, are the right ones. Because if a goal serves a value, then it's inherently going to feel good when you get there. A lot of us get to the top of that mountain and we and like, did I just climb the wrong mountain? <laughs> you know, and mm. the goal being the, the, the mountain, like I, like, it's not as great as I thought it was going to be. Dang, that's deep. The value in actually thinking about what you want out of life. It's real good. Yeah, we're, we're, we can be very goal driven. And I always use the example, let's go back to the values. So in family, a lot of people want a vacation house or a beach house or something. If you said to them, why? You know, and they're not, oh, I want this to be a special family place for us. Well, if in if in trying to get your five million dollar vacation home, you worked so hard that you lost your spouse and isolated your kids, and no one talks to you, I, I'm not sure that that five million dollar vacation home is really gonna make you feel great about family. It you might have actually been doing it for the wrong reasons. Maybe it was a trophy of your success. You weren't being because mm-hmm. if it was really about spending time with your family 
then you wouldn't have not spent time with your family in, in order to achieve a goal about spending time with your family, right? That wouldn't really make much sense. Today's episode is brought to you by Modern Fertility. So we told you guys about Modern Fertility a couple weeks ago. It's a company we have vetted, we put a lot of research into, and we are in love with. It is an at-home hormone test that gives you so much information about fertility. As many of you know, I have suffered a miscarriage several years ago, and one of the things that I wish I would have loved to have had um, is the education behind fertility. I love the fact that Modern Fertility gives you information that is about you and not just like a generic printout about the demographic that you're in. Um, I'm impressed with the team. I'm impressed with the product. I'm impressed with the whole company vibe and what mm-hmm. they're what they're trying to accomplish, which is make all of this information easier to access at a more affordable price. Absolutely. Education is so important when it comes to your health, and this is no exception. The system is broken. If you asked your OBGYN to measure your fertility in advance, they would most likely tell you, quote, you have to try for one year before we test you. And then they'll charge you $800 to $1,500 to run the test. Modern Fertility takes that wait time out of it and you only pay a huge fraction of the cost, which is $159. That is a fraction. It really is. Think about that. That makes this so much more accessible. And something that I love, Andrew and I talked about this, is you don't even have to be trying for kids. It's just good to have that information ahead of time. So when it comes around... You're like, you're equipped with all the information you need. We were so impressed with uh, Modern Fertility that we actually connected with their uh, <laughs> leadership team and Sean spoke with the CEO. It was really special and we, we uh, love what Modern Fertility is doing. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash Eastfam. That means your test will cost $139 instead of the several hundred or even a thousand plus dollars it could cost at a doctor's office. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash Eastfam. Spelled E-A-S-T-F-A-M. That's modernfertility.com slash Eastfam. We'll also link it down below. Let's get back to it. Whoa. whoa. Have you seen that core values are applied differently in personal life versus business? Or is it pretty consistent across the board that it just benefits relationships? So, yeah, maybe talk about setting personal goals versus if you're a leader of a company, how, how you do that for your organization. Yeah, so the core value process is very different for an organization versus an individual. Um, It's almost a little bit backwards because an individual is really truly saying what is true to them, you know, from, from, and a lot of these things have been a long time. A company actually conversely, like can't have real values. It might have a vision very clearly, but it's the founders and the founder has values. But until you have about eight or 10 people you can't kind of agree on what you collectively value unless everyone's going to say we, you know, we agree that we value the founder's values, which is not the case. So company values actually get created a little bit later. However, they are paramount for a company. And actually in the perfect world, companies would, you know, what they believe, what they say and what they do is aligned. And so they're consistent about their vision and value and goals. And people come in and say, this is not the right company for me. Or this is the right company for me. I always, I like the example of colleges, maybe because my daughter's in that process now. But when you think about it, it's not a matter of good and bad, right? There's some great colleges out there, but there's a 50,000 you know, person in person, you know, uh, uh, city campus value proposition that's very different from a 2,000 person, you know, urban woods campus. Uh, and, you know, those what the what those schools are better at is saying here's our value the, the, you know 
the Michigan doesn't pretend to be the little school and the little school doesn't pretend to be the Michigan. They say, here's what we believe in. Here's our value proposition. Here's what we like it. That's ideally what would happen with a company is if they were true, not the, you know, Dilbert values that they put on the wall, trust, integrity, by the way, those were Enron's values. If you know, it was like trust, integrity, respect, like nothing that got you a promotion at Enron. Um, but, 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 but if you actually were able to be clear about your values, then people could make a, a decision around, is it the right company for them? Is it the right time? Uh, we have, a, we have three core values at our company, uh, own it, embrace relationships and excel and improve. Like, and our excel and improve is, is pretty deep around kind of constant never ending improvement. So you'd love it, Andrew. Um, and, and also that we're, you know, being relationship driven, if you're not someone or you're at a point in your life where you just want a job or you want to come in and do the same thing and just do it consistently, like you won't like working at our company. Like it won't, it won't be fun for you. Um, so, you know, that's, that's where core, core value, I think personal and company, you need to have some alignment around. Would you say that the uh, company core values are maybe more like aspirational of, Hey, here's where we're hoping to go and can't be aspirational. Cause that's the stuff that everyone hates. They have to, that what they, what they have to do is represent the, 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 the pooled best qualities that everyone. So the, the, there's an exercise called like mission to Mars. I think that people use when they do it. And it's like, if we could only take one piece of everyone and we had to put it together, like that's how you start doing it. Aspirational is what drives people crazy because here's an example. There are plenty of like CEO competitive athletes out there who run cultures and that are pretty competitive and cutthroat. And it would be great for those people to say, look, what we value here is winning. Like, so, you know, you know, 20% that we cut 20% of the people every year, 80% of the bonuses go to the top performers. We grow 40% a year and we value people winning and getting it right. Our company events are very competitive. They're sport oriented. That works. There's plenty of people who would be like, I want that environment. The problem becomes when that person goes, we value teamwork Mm. and working together as a team and we treat everyone like they just say stuff that's not true and not what they believe. So that's where aspirational values are very dangerous. I think that when a company gets to 10 or 20 people, it should be able to look around and say, what are the most important principles that we collectively believe that people here have? What who are our best performers have? Because if you're saying you want something that none of the people on the team actually have, then that's a problem because then those mm. people shouldn't be working at that company. I, you know, it's a, you either have to do what you're saying or saying what you're doing. So I think it's a huge mistake for these aspirational values rather than to use it as almost like a, a best practices view on your, on your, on your team. Interesting. So it truly is like this kind of, true pooling of what the organization represents collectively of like, Hey, we're all cutthroat. Yeah. Because think about if everyone is there in some religious, you know, one group, not a company saying that they're valued to be something totally opposite. Like, well, that doesn't make sense. Why are you know, why are you there? So I I think that is the problem. Let's let's picture the reverse. There's the family business that's grown 5% a year that just values tenure values, longevity, not very big on innovation or doing better. It's just, it's all about being reliable, reliable, right? That person who's going to like person at that company is probably not going to like working at that other company. And by the way, the person at the other company is probably going to hate that company too, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's just not aligned. It's not that it's good or bad. It's not aligned with their value proposition. Really easy to understand in sports, right? The, the, The team tends to even before it picks the coach, it picks the system it's going to run, right? It's going to run a run and shoot 
offense, right? Well, if, if six running backs come onto the team and, and, and they're just not running the ball, like how, how are they going to do well in, in that environment? Like they need to go, you know, people find a scheme or a coach or something that aligns with their mm. strength. It, I feel like it's the same. You could relate it to, to the relationships and the bit in the marriage and the um, kind of personal side, because I feel like a mistake people make is they romanticize what they want versus what they actually are. And they, they go after what they want and they figure out it doesn't work. And then when Plus finally, what you're saying, if I, if there's something I want my partner to have, and I don't even have it, like yes. how's, how's that going to work? Right. So I think it's just, it's just finding out truly what your truth is of where, who you are and figuring out how to match that with someone. And we said this very earlier, but most people's truth runs very deep. I mean, Andrew and mm -hmm. I talked through some of this, like it's, it's form it's, it's stuff that's been true for 20 years. Like it's probably not going to change or as you say overnight or as much as you want to just be something totally different it's mm -hmm. probably not gonna not gonna happen for you i am curious to get your perception on this and then we'll close of in a family situation where it's not hey we can cut the bottom 20 percent of performers mm -hmm. uh the, maybe there are situations that arise uh where the kids i don't know if it's possible but adopt different core values or definitely makes decisions that seem to contradict the core values of parents, whether it's, you know, whatever, financially or relationship wise or in any number of situations, how do you reconcile when it is true family? Yeah. Uh, and you can't just say, well, I'm done. So with this you. almost You're works fired. like a comp company example again. Right. And, and I'll give you an example that I loved around this and how actually this is such a probably go on for this for a few minutes, but, but Yes, your kids probably have their own core values. They're until they're maybe teenagers, they're probably too young to really go through that process. But we did, we sat around with our kids and we came up with family core values. Because the family core values can't be mine, they can't be my wives. We all have to agree to us. And we said, look, what do we agree to? What do we want a Glazer family to be? And what do we want it to be important? And we brought them into that process. This is a little bit like you would do with a company. Like, what do we all agree? Are the important mm -hmm. things and 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 so our family core values are different they're be happy uh be healthy be respectful be responsible be resilient and be kind and again i don't need a piece of paper to read off of this and so really interestingly why values are so important is because you get an infinite amount of rules in a company i could have a 200 page rule book or I have four or five values that the combination of their tells people how they should act or behave in certain mm. situations. Same thing with your family. Like we try to mm. not have a lot of rules, except I can tell you my wife and I get really mad when the health one is broken or the respectful one is broken or the responsible one is broken. And we point that out. So one of my children, who won't be named, likes to sneak you know, tons of extra desserts. They're a little sneaky about it. And so the discussion there would be like, Look, dude, that's not healthy. Now I've now I've eliminated a third of my kids. Um, look, look, that's not that's not healthy. When we talk about healthy, that's not. So we actually really try to bring things back to that. And and in some ways, again, to the Pearl Jam versus whatever, you can't get upset about everything. If you want your kids to know where those bright lines mm -hmm. are, then you have to be like, look, like they kind of know that these are the things. And there's a great story I heard on a podcast, and I think this is such a perfect example of values and what I would hope to try to do um but he has 17 year old daughter and she said what's my curfew you know tonight for be home and he was like gonna make it 11 and he said well look um 
Sally or whatever her name is. Look, Sally, look, I, you, know, you know that your mom and I worry about you and we really don't fall asleep until you get home because um, we just don't feel comfortable not knowing you're, you're in bed. So um, that's sort of the why. And, and, and so you tell us, you know, what time you feel like would be a good time for you to come home and, uh, you know, so you don't feel like your night was cheated otherwise. And so she was like 1030. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, rather than saying our curfew is this hard rule, he really went to sort of the value and the why behind it. And if you think about that, like, why, it, it, you know, if you pick four or five good values for your family, that should encompass a rule set. Um, and, and I think then the key is not to get, you have to not, you have to discern between, I don't mean like yelling, but like how, how angry you get around a shoe left out versus how angry you get around someone being disrespectful. Mm-hmm. When I, the times that my kids probably wanted to hide from me was, was when I found out that, or when I felt like they said something that was disrespectful because that just mm-hmm. really hits a, a chord for me back to my respectful <laughs> authenticity thing. I can tell you one of my favorite moments as a parent um, was, and, and was a parent teacher conference where um in describing uh, one of my children, the, the, the teacher listed off four of our five family core values. And I was like doing something right there. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, <laughs> I don't get it right all the time, but uh, you know, that, that made me feel so great to know mm-hmm. that that was the behavior that she was seeing in the classroom. That was phenomenal. What you just said. Uh, do, do I understand correctly that you have a, a little code for our listeners? Robert? <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh so <laughs> If you, I was like secret code. Um, if, you, if you're interested in taking the course uh, and you go to it's corevaluescourse.com, www.corevaluescourse.com. You can also find it at, at robertglazer.com uh, and you use the code. Uh, I think we set up as couple, couple um, through Sunday. You can get the course for half off. Wow. I can't thank you enough for this. Again, there's so much value in actually doing this course on core values. Uh, thank you for putting it together and thank you for coming on to discuss it. Um, this is a keeper for sure. So I look forward to a potential future conversation. Ah, thank you both for having me. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right. Real quick for all of those listening out there, we don't ask for a lot of favors. I don't think babe, do we? No. But we're going to ask you a favor today, all right? If you're listening to Couple Things Podcasts on Apple Podcasts specifically, will you please do us this short, quick favor? We want to make sure you're staying up to date with our show, and Apple's latest iOS update has paused downloads for many listeners. And some of you have expressed our latest episodes aren't being recommended to you on Apple Podcasts anymore. So here's how to make sure you're getting your episode. And again, this is for Apple Podcasts specifically. Open up that podcast app on your iPhone. Search Couple Things and tap Our Shows icon. And then in the top right corner, you might see a plus follow symbol. If you do, tap it to resume following the show. If you get a prompt to, quote, turn on automatic downloads, say yes. That way... You'll get all of the episodes. Thank you so much, guys. We're so glad this update was brought to our attention because we want to make sure we're reaching as many of you as we can. Love y'all, and we really appreciate you doing this.